good day and welcome. Hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful week this past week. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John chapter 10. Today we'll be covering verses 22 through 32. And the title of today's lesson is I and the Father are one. So reviewing from last week, last week we studied and we read and we seen where Jesus was continuing on this conversation with the Pharisees. And Jesus, Jesus was basically telling them that I am the good shepherd, right? And this, because of what Jesus was stating about being the good shepherd, this started a debate within the religious leaders, between the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And the scriptures told us that there was some division going on amongst themselves because some said, well, you can't believe this man, right? Because he's demon-possessed. He's crazy. But others, the scripture told us, they believed in him. So today's lesson, we're going to focus on Jesus and God the Father being one. So with that being said, open up your Bibles to John chapter 10. We're going to begin in verse 22. Verse 22 starts off and says this, Then Jesus came to the festivals of dedication at Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's protocol. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe, because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Again, the Jewish leaders picked up stones and they wanted to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? Let's go back up to verse 22. Verse 22, we see that there's a festival, right? There's a festival of dedication that's going on in Jerusalem. And the scripture tells us that it was the wintertime. Now, if you remember, when we first started the Gospel of John, I mentioned that John talks and he puts a lot of emphasis on the festivals of Israel throughout his gospel. So we see here, there's another festival that's taking place. So what we see going on here is that Jesus, he's going down to Jerusalem and there's a festival that's taking place. Now, what festival is that, you say? It's the festival of dedication. See, the Hebrew word for dedication means Hanukkah, right? So we can say this festival was a festival that was rededicating the temple. So it was dedicated when it was built, all right? It was purified. Everything was set in order. However, the Greek empire, under the leadership of Antiochus Epiphanes, right? The temple was what? Destroyed. 
and, and a, we know a war broke out between the Jews and, and, and the Greek Empire, right? And the Jews end up defeating the Greek Empire. I mean, it was just a miracle from God, right? Now, when you think about Hanukkah, right? You, obviously, you, you think about the menorah, right? But what is Hanukkah, you say? Hanukkah was when the Jews were led by Matthias and his son, Judas Maccabeus, right? Maccabeus was the first Jews to fight and defend their religious beliefs, right? By putting their lives at stake. But following this victory, Judas Maccabee, what he did was he ordered the cleansing and restoration of the temple. And after it was purified, after it was set in order, a new altar was installed, right? It was dedicated. Then Judas proclaimed. He said, this dedication of restoring the temple, right? It needs to be celebrated every year, and we're going to celebrate it for eight days, beginning on the 25th of the month of Kislev, right? Now, we often hear about the menorah and the lampstand and the light, you know, the lighting of it. According to the Talmud, when Judas Maccabees enters the temple, right, after the war, he found only a small jar of oil, but it had not been defiled by the Greeks. In other words, it was considered holy, right? And the jar contained enough oil to burn for one day. But miraculously, right, the oil burned for eight days until the new consecrated oil was what? Was available for them to use. So that's why they have it for eight days, this festival. Now, if you go back to the scripture, the Jewish leadership, they want to use the temple again, right? So they're going to rededicate the temple and they're going to celebrate this day of rededication of the temple from that time on. Now, if you look in the book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 11, we see a relationship or we see a connection, you can say, between this Greek leader and the Antichrist, which is to come. Because just like this Greek leader, the Antichrist is going to use the temple. He's going to use the Holy of Holies, right? He's going to, he's going to desecrate it, right? He's going to do the same thing that this Greek leader did. So what we see is every year on the ninth month, on the 25th day of that month, this festival began. And this festival lasted eight days, and they would honor, and they would, they would remember the rededication of the temple. That was the purpose of this festival, right? So we also see that this festival takes place in the wintertime. Verse 23, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's protocol. So this word walking simply means walking like back and forth. In English, we know it as what? Pacing, right? So he's pacing, Jesus is pacing back and forth. And the scripture tells us in Solomon's protocol. Now, this area was like a huge hall, like a, like, like, I guess it's something similar to a large area in a building, right? Uh, maybe a parlor area in a house, but it was huge. So why this place is so important? Why was Jesus here, right? Because this was the place that when Solomon was alive, when Solomon was king, this was the place where he stood. This was the place where he sat and he worshiped God. You see, Solomon wasn't a priest. He wasn't a Levite. 
Solomon came from the tribe of Judah. And as part of the 11 tribes, right, there were restrictions. In other words, they couldn't go in certain areas in the temple, but the Levites could. See, the priests and the Levites, they could only, they're the ones that can go to just particular certain areas, right? Like the Holy of Holies, an, an example. So if you go back to the scripture, we see that Jesus is pacing back and forth. And remember, it's Hanukkah, right? And Hanukkah lasts for eight days. Now, there's also this Passover season, right, that we know about. That lasts one day, then there's the Feast of Unleavened Bread that lasts seven days. Seven plus one is eight. So also we see the Feast of Tabernacles, another festival, right? That also lasts seven days, but on the eve before, it's another day. So it's eight days. So there are three times a year on the Jewish calendar, we can say, where there's a celebration of festivals that last a total of eight days. Now, why is that so important? Because eight represents a kingdom number, right? So in Judaism, this is what they believe. There's an expectation that one of these festivals, the Messiah will come and the kingdom of God will begin. So we need to remember this if we're going to really understand what this passage is talking about. Amen. Now, after we finish this gospel of John, right, we get through the whole gospel of John. I'm going to do a teaching. I'm going to do one lesson on the festivals of Israel. And I'm going to show how each festival, right, what it is, what it represents, and how it relates. And it goes all the way back from the very beginning of time until the kingdom of God is established. So well, going back to the passage, what we see in this passage is that Jesus is in Solomon's hall, right? Now remember, who was Solomon? Solomon was a king, right? Solomon was King David's son. He took over after King David. Right, that he's the first one to build the temple. So he was a king. Remember, what is Messiah known as? Messiah is known as what? The king. So it's Hanukkah. And because it's Hanukkah, Jesus is pacing back and forth. Right? Why is he pacing back and forth? Because he's trying to reveal himself to the crowds, to the religious leaders, that he is the Messiah. Right? So we know it's Hanukkah, and there's a messianic expectation in this and Jesus is showing them that I am he I am the one you've been waiting for I am the Messiah that is to come right remember what did Jesus do he healed a man that was born blind that was another messianic sign right that was from the old prophets that said this is what the Messiah is going to do but yet the religious leaders the Pharisees what they do over and over and over they reject Jesus they deny Jesus right they don't see it Either they don't see it because they don't want to see it, or they're just totally blinded. So we see Jesus pacing back and forth here. He goes towards the Holy of Holies. Then what he does, he turns around. He's trying to reveal himself to everyone that was there, right? Especially the religious leaders. Now he's pacing back and forth because he can't, he can't go into the Holy of Holies, right? He's showing himself to be from the tribe of Judah, like Solomon. That's what, he's, that's what he's doing right here. But but he's trying to reveal himself to everyone. But look what happens. People take notice. The Jews take notice. Verse 24 says, The Jews 
who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Now remember, people are divided. They're divided on who Jesus really is, right? See, they, they saw the signs. They saw the miracles. They saw the wonders. They saw him heal this man that was born blind. And now he's pacing back and forth in Solomon's hall. So the people, they, they tell him, they stop. Stop keeping, my, you know, stop keeping me, stop keeping us in suspense. Tell us who you are. And look at Jesus' answers in verse 25. He says, I did tell you, but you did not believe. And you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. So Jesus tells him, I told you, but you don't believe me. Now this word belief or this word faith as we know it, it's always or should always be tied to Abraham. So what we see here is that they didn't have the faith that Abraham had, that belief. Why? Because remember, faith is not just believing but also responding. Now understand this. We aren't saved by responding. But if we truly believe, then you will respond to Jesus. You're going to respond to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Jesus is telling them here is you witnessed one of the greatest miracles that ever took place. You've seen all the signs and the wonders, right? You've seen me heal this man that was born blind. But yet you do not believe. So Jesus is telling them one of the greatest miracles that ever took place. You've seen this sign, right? You witnessed this sign, but yet you still reject me. You, you, you just, you don't believe in me, right? He says, the works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. Now, this name we know biblically is synonymous to character. So he's saying, I have my Father's character here. Now, remember, he's already told them that his Father and he, they have unity. Right? And, and, and he's going to get more specific about this unity in a minute. Verse 26. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. So what he's saying here is, you don't believe because you reject me. You don't believe because you deny me. Right? And, and because you deny me and because you reject me, then you really aren't my sheep. Verse 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice and that I know them and they follow me. So he's saying, you really haven't discerned who I am. And you haven't discerned that because you don't know me. You reject me. In other words, you don't believe in me. And because of that, you're not my sheep. And because you reject me, you don't know me as your shepherd. The question is this, what about you today? Do you know Jesus as your great shepherd? Are you rejecting truth or are you acknowledging truth and putting that first place? Are you putting Jesus Christ first place? Amen. Do you know the shepherd? Now, the question is this. They don't know the shepherd. And why they don't know the shepherd? They don't know the shepherd because they reject him. They reject truth. They don't have prophetic revelation. Why? Because they turned to the traditions of the elders. They rejected the Torah. They rejected the truth for man-made laws. That's why. Verse 28. 
I give them eternal life, Jesus says, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So he's saying here, because you know me. In other words, because you know the shepherd, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to answer to him, right? And because of this, because you follow him, because you believe in him, because you answer him, because you hear his voice, because you put your trust in him, he's saying you're going to have eternal life. Now, again, this word eternal always represents kingdom, the kingdom of God. But these leaders, they didn't understand this. These leaders, they didn't get this. Why? Because they believed that their teaching, they believed what, what, what they said and what they did was inferior. They didn't understand prophetic truth. And because of this, they have no clue that he's talking about the kingdom of God. You see these religious leaders, they embrace their own traditions. They embrace their own culture. They embrace their own laws, their man-made laws. And their focus was really on this world, was really on the world, was really on power, was really on money. It was a status deal with them, right? Just like the world is today. And I'm going to tell you something. When we focus our attention on the world, when we focus our attention on money, on positions, on success, on doing our own will, getting the desires of the world because that's what pleases me, right? When we act that way, when we think that way, then we're not going to have discernment from the Lord. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Now, this word father's hand means power. It means authority. It means full control. The Father has it. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, he says. Now, if we look at that phrase, who has given them to me, this means forever. We're talking about, he's talking about eternity here. He's talking about the kingdom of God here, right? So we see that God the Father, who is all powerful, right, gives all authority and power to Jesus. The book of Revelation tells us that. God gives all believers over to Jesus to live in the kingdom forever and ever for eternity. So the scripture also tells us that no one can snatch them out the Father's hand. So what Jesus is saying here is because we belong to God through him, we're going to be in the kingdom of God. So what he's saying is there isn't anyone, there isn't any force, there isn't anything that can take you out of the Father's hand. Amen? When you believe, when you commit yourself to His Son, Jesus, when you trust. Now, commitment is hard. Commitment means being a disciple, taking on the character and the attributes of Jesus, facing persecution maybe, right? Going through hard times, because remember, this world does not like Jesus. This world does not like God. This world does not want the kingdom of God. This world wants this world. And who's the devil? Who's the, the father of this world? The devil is, Jesus said. I say this quite often. There's, there's two entities that are trying to control you, I guess, so forth, right? There's, there's the flesh and there's the spirit. Which one are you giving into today? And you can say, oh, I love Jesus and I follow Jesus and I do this and I do great works and that's all great. 
But are you truly doing it? Are you truly following him? Do you tr are you putting him first place in your life? I and the Father are one, he says. So Jesus is telling him once again. Speaking about his divinity, he's saying, I'm God in the flesh. That's what he's saying. He's showing them, I'm the Messiah. But again, the Jewish leaders picked up stones, and they wanted to stone him. So they want to kill him. Remember, these leaders, they, they set aside the truth, right? They embraced the traditions of the elders, their man-made laws, their man-made rules, their man-made traditions and culture from generation to generation to generation, right? They've done that, and they've gotten away with it. They've gotten away from the Torah. They've gotten away from the Word of God. They got away from the prophets. They got away from the truth. And because of that, they couldn't discern truth. See, and it's a lesson for us. See, Jesus is teaching us here. Who would Jesus have problems with here? Jesus didn't have problems with the general population. He had problems with the religious leaders. I think Jesus is showing us here that you better put him first, that you better put the word of God first, that you better put the truth first. You better get in prayer. You better get in the spirit so you can discern the truth, so you won't be deceived by this world. The question for you today is this. There's a lot of religious people out there. Maybe some of you listening right here is involved in a religion. But you better put Jesus first. You better put the truth of God first. You better, you better not think that religious rituals and religious, religious traditions are going to save you. Because Jesus is saying here it's not. He and the Father are one. And the only way to get to the Father is to know Him. Last week we talked about, He talked about relationship. It's about a relationship with Him. And once you have that relationship with him, then he intercedes to the Father. See, the problem with the Jewish nation today, and it will be until the three-and-a-half-year period of the tribulation when the Antichrist reveals himself and he, he distributes the mark of the beast, that the Jews are going to say, we were deceived. We were fooled. See, when, 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 you, when you just believe in God and you don't believe in his son, then you will be deceived. 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us, he told us last week, that there's only one man that's the intermediate, is the mediator between us and God, and that's the man called Christ Jesus. Amen? You got to know Jesus. You have to have a relationship with him in order to get to the kingdom. Remember, he's the gate. He is the gateway to that pen. What is that pen? The kingdom of God. And he tells us, I will have no evil in here. I will have no right unrighteousness. I will have no unholiness in here. But only those who believe in me, only those who commit to me, only those who put their trust in me. Amen. Last verse for today, verse 32. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? So Jesus says right here, I have shown you many good works from the Father. You see, one in particular that we studied in the last chapter was the healing of that man that was born blind. Now, we've seen that Jesus had done many other miracles, right? All these miracles, all these signs, all these wonders that he performed, the religious leaders seen it. The religious leaders should have known. 
that this was the Messiah that the prophets talked about in the Old Testament. Also, we see this text that Jesus mentions from the Father or from my Father, right? See, in John 10, we often see this, right? He's telling them right here that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. He calls himself Son of Man, right? See, it's another term that relates to him being the Messiah. Now, why did Jesus come, right? He came to lay down his life for us. He came for redemption. He came so humanity can be saved. So the nation of Israel and its people are remnant to fellowship, could be with him, could be with the Father in the eternal kingdom. He came because he took the payment of sin. He came to free us all from the bondage of sin. He, saved, he came so you can have a chance to be redeemed and to be in God's kingdom, amen? He continues on in the verse. He tells the religious leaders. He says, for which of these do you stone me, right? So he said, you've seen all the things I did. You've seen all the miracles, all the signs and the wonders, right? Now, which one of these miracles, right? Because you should know about this because the old prophets in the Old Testament said it about this, said that these are the things the Messiah would do. These are the things that I would do. So he's saying, which one of these miracles, right? Are you going to condemn me for? Which one of these miracles are you going to stone me for? And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to continue on next week in the Gospel of John. We're going to continue with the next section. We appreciate you all tuning in today and listening. Don't forget, be a blessing for someone this week. Strive to work for the kingdom. Strive to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Until next week, we love you guys and God bless.